Dive into The Divider, Trump in the White House, 2017 through 2021. Go inside the Trump Oval Office, from the chaotic beginnings to the violent finale, with unprecedented access to cabinet officers, top advisors, family members, and Trump himself. New York Times bestselling authors Peter Baker and Susan Glasser offer a riveting must-read portrait of America's 45th president. The Divider is in stores now. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte Technology Careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And there we go. Welcome in, guys. Welcome in and gals. It is August 23rd. God, this month is flying by and uh, it's Tuesday morning, which means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, on these morning shows, Scott Kennedy, who are just coming forward from seeing each other already over on Forging the Falcons for a special Tuesday show. Scott, I'm tired. How you doing? I just flew in from uh, from Atlanta to Denver, you know, and I can I can I can go over to Stamford Bridge at Chelsea here in, in <laughs> London pretty quickly too. So a little quick change of the background, a little wardrobe change, uh, ready to go. I'm interested to talk to to you about this this game and moving forward. I know there's some folks who are saying, why are we still talking about the Bills game? Well, not everybody has, and there's still a lot of people talking about the Bills game, and there are going to be some repercussions from that game, Nick. Like you you said, have uh, really already started. Yep. Yeah, the uh, the Broncos, and let's say hello to some people first before we get in here. But uh, Kevin Gray coming in saying good morning, Broncos country. Scott and Nick hope we find some D line help. Denver Broncos for life. Let's ride. Uh, we got Jeremy Sean coming in saying morning, fellas in Broncos country. Good to see you, Jeremy. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Diamond Rattler coming in saying boom. Let's ride. Hope you're doing well, Diamond. Always good to hear you in here. Diamond always likes to come and say hello, but then we don't hear from you again. So Diamond, let's uh, what, what's going on? Uh, hopefully you're uh, maybe you're just busy working out. Looks like the the gun show in that picture there. So. Uh, Hopefully you're doing well. Dylan Von Arks, of course, the guy going to see Dylan hopefully in a couple weeks here at the uh, Monday Night Broncos game week one. And Dylan says, uh, sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Like, do what what Dylan says, folks. Uh, Don't argue. Uh, Rob Buxbaum coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott. The best MHH team. Uh, Rob, you're too kind. Uh, Who are the candidates to be cut today? Uh, Scott, you put me on the spot with this one. So I'm going to put you on the spot with this one real quick. Uh, Anybody on the back end of the roster to you that's like uh, probably a sayonara? Yeah, I, uh, man, and and you lost one of them already, but basically the interior defensive line. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On the whole, um, you know, with Marquis Spencer, I I think you you told me he was, he was moved already. And I'm, I'm telling you, watching that game, I don't know that I would have let McKelvin Ajim and Jonathan Harris suit up again. Yeah. You know, they're 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 not good enough right now to be backups in the NFL. They they were put on skates and there needs to be changes made there. We we've talked about you know what concerned you what didn't was the you know does this game scare you at all? Yeah, the the the, the reserve defensive line scares me. Cuz those guys are going to be playing about one every three snaps and if, if you have them in and they can't stop anything, uh, you can't have that. There's fine margins. You're, you're going to be in a lot of one-score games where it's 13 to 10 coming out of halftime. You can't just have the other team go and score a touchdown right away because you can't stop anybody. So I don't know that it'll happen this early. Um, 
but I, I, I can't, I don't want McTelvin Ajim on this, on this team. I don't want to see him on the field right now, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, uh, him and Jonathan Harris got bullied pretty badly and the Broncos linebackers didn't look that great either. Uh, Justin Stroud, Alex Singleton, and uh, Joe Schobert, you know, poor angles, uh, poor tackling, just uh, the front seven got beat up. And are we going to make a mountain of a molehill here with a, the, the Super Bowl favorite Bills beating up the Broncos second string, third string defense? No, uh, but still, you'd like to see them have a little bit more fight than they did. It's I'm not writing, you know, the Broncos obituary on the season. Just yeah, yet, you so. saw where I put those numbers out as far as how much the 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 because that's what bothered me, Nick, was yeah. the, the 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 defense, not the offense. I don't if you're if you have one reserve offensive lineman in, it can change things. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the 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 Broncos had two starters in. Well, Calvin Calvin Anderson won. That is your depth. You know, what about the depth on the OL? He wasn't signed to start. That is your depth. Quinn Miners getting his first action, but the other three across the board aren't necessarily your starters. So that doesn't worry me so much. But I actually went and looked at the Bills depth chart and then put the number of snaps next to each one of them. And their first team guys accounted for 95 uh, snaps. Their second team for 219. Guys listed as third team for 253. Guys listed at fourth team counted for 94 snaps. Guys listed as fifth team, both running backs, got 23 snaps. So, again, this the ones beat up on the twos. Yeah, that was the first two drives, and that was yeah. with the offensive line. But after that, because then Case Keenum came in, you know, Josh Allen only played, what, six snaps? Yeah, he was out quick. After that, after the first two drives, it was pretty much twos on twos. And your twos on defense frightened me as yeah. far as the, the defensive line. Because you mentioned the linebackers, and then I'll turn it back over to you because I've, I've been going on this for a while. The linebackers. The job of the defense, the two defensive tackles or the three guys in a 3-4 is to help keep those linebackers clean. You know, it's to occupy blockers and let those guys flow to the line. And there might have been some bad angles and there are some missed tackles. But if you're that bad, right above the ball, right on the ball, Everything else fails. Everything else is, it becomes a minus. So again, address the interior defensive line. And you're going to do that with your starters when they come in. Uh, and then let me start judging the backside of the defense a little bit better. Because I don't know what I've got when you can get eight yards of carry every time right up the gut. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, rough. The Bills offensive line and running game looked like a hot knife through butter uh there almost the entire game the first three quarters for sure bad tackling bad angles uh lack of physicality um i think nathaniel hackett in his press conference um was asked and uh, about the defense he's like, yeah they looked a little bit like they were thinking too much you know it's just processing everything instead of you know reacting to the situation in front of them uh so something that you're hoping to get better here is it, is it a product of a new scheme is that a product of the talent disparity out there is it a product of how prep practice have been run for the broncos so far you know some people i know some of the older heads covering the team you know like oh this team's you know been softer uh how they've been running practice you're hoping to mitigate injuries i'd rather have that and now you're going to start to ramp up and maybe this game has been somewhat of a, uh, a wake-up call for some of the physicality on that front seven as well it does those scream uh concerns about the depth um, in that defense, uh, specifically on the defensive line, but also the secondary. Michael Ojemudia dislocated shoulder, not elbow, I think. I think it was shoulder. Did he um, change it to shoulder? I saw just like 
just like um, Jonas Griffith reaching in, you know, reaching in for a tackle, his arm got caught. It was almost, it was uh, almost exactly the same way. Yeah. It maybe was the, I'm looking for the quote right now. Um, he said elbow is, after. Elbow. I don't know if yep, it's elbow. after since then. It's, it's an elbow injury. Um, so okay. he's going to be out for a month and now you're pretty concerned about your backup uh, secondary there. I thought Matt, people are, you know, pounding on uh, Ujimudia who struggled in the game. No doubt. Uh, gave the Blancos played pretty soft coverage. I thought, uh, but he, Ujimudia gave a ball, but so did rookie pick who a lot of people want to take over for Ujimudia. Number 27 and Mathis uh, gave up a lot of yards as well out there. So the uh, secondary depth at the cornerback position specifically concerning uh, Bassey didn't look good. Fayon Hicks was beat repeatedly uh, in the third quarter. I think it was so cornerback position, the depth there. You love what you have in Patrick Sertan. You're excited about Darby, but after that, it's gets uh gets a little bit hairy. Um, David Cremello coming in with a 499 super over on YouTube. Thank you so much, David. Good morning to you. And yes, I did make it today uh, after my, backpacking excursion this week slept up on a glacier it was a pretty good time um he says i agree 100 about the depth concerns especially up front however we shouldn't jump to conclusions for how the season will unfold uh shouldn't we or should we i think is the way to go there but no i mean it's one game it's the broncos backups to bill starters it's the super bowl favorite bills running the scheme they've run for the last three or four years as well so uh, i'm not going to be too upset about it especially this early on it's going to take a little bit for this broncos team to go on that's the reason that a lot of us are pretty excited that the schedule early on has some winnable games in it. Uh, so that way, you know, you can have the feeling out process. You don't have to be firing all cylinders. You're not going to Buffalo to play the bills week two of the regular season. It's just week two of the preseason. So we're commenting on what we saw as far as a concern. Yeah. Keep an eye on it going forward. It's new data points uh, to base our perspective of this team on going forward, but it's not the, it's far from the end all be all. No, and, and David, he said, the question says, however, we shouldn't jump to conclusions on how the season will flood, you know, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The conclusion I want to come to from watching this game is I need help on the second team defensive line. That's a conclusion I'm willing to make. Yeah. My conclusion is I don't trust McTelvin Ajim. I don't trust Jonathan Harris. Those are the conclusions I'm not necessarily ready to say for sure, but pretty darned close if i'm george payton out there i am keeping a close eye out on available interior alignment that's a conclusion i'm willing to make my conclusion is i can't trust those a dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all feet deserve a go-to like that like hey dude shoes light comfy good to go to not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Guys, 
when I need them to come in for the rest of the season. No, this, there's a lot of, see, we haven't seen the offense, you know, we mm-hmm. haven't seen, um, we haven't seen as we talk about positional value there. I say there is no positional value for, for game changers. Well, you got four potential game changers that weren't out there. Mm-hmm. Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb, Pat Sertan, and Justin Simmons. Those are all game changers in their own right. Those can mask a lot of issues. Josie Jewell will help get guys in the right in the right spot. Well, you, you see him run up to the line of scrimmage and smack a defensive tackle on the, I'll say on the hip, to move them one way or the other to adjust what they see coming in to fill a gap. He wasn't out there. But the conclusion I'm willing to make is I, I would be looking for some help on the defensive line. Yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, going back to uh, Rob's question, I think it was some Broncos who might be cutting uh, one of some of the cuts today. Donnie Lewis Jr. stands out to me. Um, I didn't, he was bad week one. He only played five snaps in this game. Um, and he was the very back end of the roster. I'm guessing he is probably on his way out. Uh, linebacker Kane Mauga, another one. They brought in a linebacker. He wasn't, uh, didn't really stand out. I thought uh, it hurts me to say this because he's an Iowa Hawkeye, but a uh, Barrington Wade looked horrible out there talk about linebackers now not mm-hmm. wrapping up the lack of physicality he's more of a safety linebacker hybrid type um but still he played and he struggled greatly and then some of the backup offensive linemen uh michael niece uh gutierrez also stuck out to me as not being uh, very good and i think maybe the darius shepherd stands out as well and then um just to get in a little bit of the news here the broncos brought in a running back today after waving a 2021 seventh round draft pick out of mississippi state marquis spencer in a divine Ogozibo, uh, from, I believe I'm pronouncing the name right there from the university of Nebraska, uh, was at Jacksonville for a few years here. And he's a big back. He's like six foot two thirty, or something like that. So that makes me think that, uh, somebody who did not impress me in the, the game, Steve Scott, who is a similar build kind of back six, one, two twenty five. Uh, I think that Scott might be on his way out given they brought in a very similar body type, uh, player who's not accounting for the, uh, they still have to get rid of five players after getting rid of Spencer. You would think that Marquis Spencer has another shot with the practice squad that we might yeah. not see the end of him uh, in, a, in a Denver Broncos uniform, even if he's not on the 53. You, you talked about him a lot last year as, uh, you know, super raw. And I'm not sure if he was coming off an injury, but I remember, you know, you, you mentioning him last year. He's a great practice squad type of player. And again, the trenches are a grown man position. Uh, it's not necessarily for the 20 year old kids who graduated early. Um, so, Holding on to him, if you see the raw athleticism and the size and frame would be a good idea. So we might not uh, see the end of him. And, and Clee, it's not even the preseason game. I, and it's worse with college because there are no preseason games. There are no friendlies. So I always call the first week of the season, the you know, tis a season for overreaction. It is. And I'm not overreacting about, I'm not, again, that's how I started with David's question. I'm not coming to any conclusions about the season whatsoever. But I saw some things that concern me that I will talk about mm-hmm. um, that will have an impact on the game itself. You know, oh, he couldn't run the ball. Okay, uh, what do I know how you can run the ball based on what we've seen in the first two games? I have no idea, yeah. no idea how the Broncos running game is going to be based on if all I know about the, 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 the Broncos is what I watched in the first two games, I don't know anything. Yeah. I don't know anything because I haven't seen any of the starters on the offensive line. Um, the quarterback who's going to make a difference and, and the running backs again, the defensive line, you, you do want them out there. And I think it was, uh, someone, someone came in and said, you know, it was, it was, uh, Mr. Hill says, are Ajim and Harris making the team anyway? Well, you'd kind of hoped there was a time there where we had 
tell the Najim penciled in as a starter. Yeah. Nick. And those guys are getting uh, reps before um, the likes of a Wuzurike and some of the other uh, interior defensive linemen right now. So it seems like they're higher. That, in the that might have been their chance, Nick. Yeah. You know, hey, here's your chance. Yep. So it's been, uh, yeah, especially a you know, looks like he's on ice uh, sometimes out there with some of the uh, the block or the belated anchor. And it's been it's been rough in two games in a row now. So uh, are we overreacting? Maybe, but it's the new information in the tape we have in front of us to evaluate. Speaking of being in front of us, Jacob Foster, the silent one, coming in with the support over on Facebook. Thank you so much, Jacob. Happy Tuesday to you. Hope you have a good week and uh, that much closer to Friday, that much closer to week one uh, for the Broncos. Mr. Hill, that works. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Hill. Not the jackass is bad, but, you know, I can just call yeah. you Mr. Hill. Um, we got Mr. Bama Hill, X, so. too, coming in. Want to say hello to some more folks here. Good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Bama X. Falling sloth out there in Cincinnati saying, good morning, Broncos country. Been on vacation last week or so. Had crummy internet and missed y'all. Well, we missed you, too, Falling Sloth. Glad you could get out on some vacation. Um, let us got- know how the, uh, the, 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 the zoo job you know, I know you were you're up for some other stuff. So hopefully, hopefully that went well for you. Yeah. Uh, Malachi Merck saying it feels good to be in the morning chat. Morning, orange and blue fam. Don't recognize the name Malachi Murr as much. So uh, good morning to you, Malachi. Thanks for joining us this morning. JJ Johnson. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Awesome to see you. Um, we also got uh, DeAndre coming in. The defense played horribly. No heart, no effort, no physicality. I wouldn't say no heart, but the Bills were playing at a different speed uh, than the Broncos defense, especially in the run game. And that made it pretty easy uh, for the pass game to get big chunk yards as well. It was very much a punch. It was a run and gun kind of offense there where they were getting some big shots and uh, got some good play calling too. There was one play where it's like the Broncos sent a cornerback blitz and it was like, okay, they, they got pressure on them. Oh, perfect timing called screenplay. God bleep and bless it. Um, of course, nothing's <laughs> more. Eric, Eric says, I hate screenplays. Like I love screenplays. Uh, I love them. A well, I mean, a well so executed screenplay where you get those big guys out there running. Yeah, is fun. I, I I love them. It it hurts uh, when you get when you get got at the perfect time against those. Um, fun on the other way though. The sunny days. Just smash the like. Uh, smiley face. Coffee. Thumbs up. Multiple hearts. Good morning, Bronco fam. Good to see you. Sunny days. More hearts coming in from Dave Glassman as well. Good to see you, Dave and DeAndre with the hearts as well. Good to see you guys. Um, so yeah, getting into it. Albert Knopper is good to see you also. Um, the Broncos did make a move uh, today. They waived or yesterday, I guess it's the. They've waived um, interior defensive lineman slash defensive end uh, Marquis Spencer, seventh round pick out of Mississippi State in the 2021 draft. The second uh, George Payton draft pick, uh, day three draft pick. Wait, you know, those guys typically don't make teams anyway very long. Um, but the second uh, George Payton draft pick to be one of the first players off this team uh, as we get closer and closer to the 53 man roster. And Marquis Spencer, I thought week one, you know, apparently in the Cowboys uh, practice, he was the the center of multiple kind of uh, scuffles and uh, stirrups there. So kind of maybe that's a data point to consider as well. Um, He had a knee injury that a lot of people thought last week could have been extremely serious. Uh, Scans came back, though, that it wasn't as serious. So the Broncos end up putting a injury slash wave designation on Marquis Spencer. That all to me, especially with him being a draft pick, him being raw, uh, makes it seem like he's probably on his way to the practice squad. I think it was you, Scott, you were, maybe it was Eric, but somebody was decently impressed with his game versus Dallas. Just the flashes out there from number 51. I, I, thought, I, I mentioned Spencer. I thought he had yeah. some good and some bad out there. I, I saw him in the backfield a few yeah. times. Um, again, like you said, flashes. 
uh, flashes. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, inconsistent, uh, a little bit erratic, you know, uh, lack of control a lot of times, which is not what you want from the interior defensive line with gap control. But there's some talent there. So with the injury, uh, given the timing and everything, I would be surprised if he doesn't end up Broncos being able to stash him on IR or something like that. I mean, they would have had to put him on the 53, to then put him on the IR anyway. So maybe at this point, maybe it gets a little bit lost in the shuffle, but uh, worth worth monitoring and also maybe we're making too much of him uh, and his ability given how bad the Broncos interior defensive lineman has looked through two games now and we're talking about a guy who was behind those starters quote-unquote starters for those games and uh, is on a different team so we'll see what happens there with Marquis Spencer um, Mark Schrader coming in saying what is your opinion on not playing starters for the most part at all in preseason I'm fine with it um, I don't think that as long as they are getting the work in and you trust you have the right type of people in your locker room that are putting in the work, not, you know, for it's like when you go into class and you're forced to do worksheets that off stuff you already know, because you have 10 students in your class that go home and, you know, watch cartoons or play video games. And those paper cuts are nasty. So, you know, yes. be careful. You don't want injury. And in when you're doing those yes. worksheets, exactly. But um, tunnel, you'd rather, you want to have some adults in the room or some people, you know, actually about the business. And uh, that way they're putting in the work and getting the stuff done, the mental reps um, without needing the preseason games where, you are one play away from your season being done. I mean, God, I was holding my breath. I'm not pulling for the bills this year. Fun story, fun fan base, but like Josh Allen, even being out there, I'm like, okay, it'd be cool to hit him, you know, just because, you know, go Baron Browning. Uh, but God, man, don't, don't hurt him. Don't, don't let him get hurt. Cause that would just be terrible for the game. Yeah. So, it's uh, bad. It's bad for the league, you know, yeah. watching you enjoy as a, we're all fans of football, you know, and if mm -hmm. we're not playing, we enjoy seeing some of the wow moments. It's why those, big highlights get, you know, multiple million of views. They don't have that many fans, but we all enjoy that type of stuff. Mark, thank you for the stars, huge stars, huge support as always. Thank you, uh, my opinion on playing the starters for the most part and all the preseason kind of depends. It, it's a case by case basis. If you're counting on a first or second year player, um, I don't mind them coming in and, and getting some live snaps. You see, you know, um, mentioned Nick Benito coming mm -hmm. in and, and the, the, 
opposing quarterbacks using the cadence to draw them off sides was one of the one of the things that Nathaniel Hackett mentioned in his press conference. He needs to see that, you know, and you see some of that during the joint practices. The joint practices where things are being controlled are taking over what the preseason games used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the coaches like it because they can control the situations. Like, okay, we want to work on goal line. We want to work on on the two-minute drill. We want to work on these things that we might not see at all during the preseason. And we want to do it without guys who are about to be cut, you know, putting our players at jeopardy because they're not necessarily good enough. I saw, I saw that last night. Um, one of the uh, New York Jets wide receivers uh, gets wide open, uh, beats his, you know, beats his man, the ball's a little bit overthrown, and he has to elevate for it. And a safety comes in for the Falcons and undercuts him. And this this guy's not going to be in the league in a couple of years. And the guy lands on his shoulder and his head, may have gotten a concussion. And, you know, that's that's a risk you don't need to have. Um, yeah. But if I've got a young player or a position switch, that type of thing with Baron Browning, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them get some get some live reps for sure. But overall, at least they've knocked it down to three. When I was a season ticket holder and they had four games, I was pretty pissed they charge you full price tickets for the preseason games. At least they've knocked it down to three. Yeah. Yeah, maybe even be two in the future. Um, but we'll see. Jeremy Sean coming in saying it was ugly, but I get I get it, but people jumping off the ship after preseason game two is a bit ridiculous. I want to tell them you can jump off, but there is no re-entry. I think it was just frustration. Jeremy, I got news for you. There's going to be jumping on and off <laughs> in games, like over the course of games, drive to drive, play to play, uh, versus um, jumping off You know, after a preseason week, week two game. Um, Broncos, guess what, guys? I This might shock some people. Broncos are probably going to lose a game this year. And they're probably going to be a couple games where they look bad. Um, the offense, you know, doesn't get it going. Uh, they get thoroughly beaten in the trenches. Uh, this isn't a juggernaut roster right now. It's a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, dreams, uh, but we have a lot of question marks right now. So um, I think the fact that so many people reacted to it is that there's a lot of hope and excitement in Denver again. But I would not expect, you know, a 2013 Broncos team to show up here, a 2012 Broncos team. Um out the gate. Now, if it does happen, that's great. Um, but uh, we need to see what it looks like first. And uh, this was a game against class going in there with a team that's knew what they were doing, new scheme. And uh, they beat up on the Broncos in areas where they are weak and kind of showed some depth concerns. So we'll see how it goes. But the jumping on and off, I'm not going to keep you from jumping back on because I'm guessing it's going to be over the course of a game, play to play, drive to drive. Coming out of Halloween, you have three, three out of four road games in Eastern time zones. Uh-oh. So if you're looking for games where, hey, we might not be hitting on all cylinders at Tennessee on the thir- on November 13th. Is that coming uh, off of a bye? It is. At least Vegas at home, Vegas. 27th at Carolina, at Baltimore. Um, that's a, a lot of early games. Yeah. Selfishly, I'm happy because, you know, these 8 <laughs> o'clock, 9 o'clock games when I'm producing after the fact, dude, I want to be in bed at 10 watching a show and sleep by 11 uh i'll be i'll be happy but um you know yeah you're 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 looking at those and it's a long season it is again jumping talking about coming to conclusions on on individual things that's one thing jumping to conclusions about the entire season this coaching staff and this roster come on no that's silly yep um We'll get more and more data as we go forward. Um, and I think we might even get less data in this uh, week three game uh, or preseason game three, because this is the one that's typically, you know, 
very end of the roster guys. Isaiah's coming in. Sorry, uh, and Tennessee is central because they're in Nashville. Apologies. They're the 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 timestamp does uh, slice Tennessee right down the middle. Yep. Uh, Isaiah's Broncos de Serona. Love you guys. Good to see Isaiah. We also got Chris Jenkins in the house. Morning Broncos family. Nick and Scott. Good to see you. Um, we also got Greg Smith coming in with his uh, emoji, breakfast emojis coming in. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast with the skillet and the croissant. I'm hungry. I always do these before I've eaten. I have my coffee first, um, but it's okay. And we got Peter Middleton saying Broncos for breakfast. Clee, tongue-in-cheek, cancel the parade now. Um, if you already are planning a parade, then you are a, a more jovial, op- uh, optimistic person than myself. I am very much a uh, wait and see. Maybe it's Scott and I kind of... I've definitely have had a parade. It just might not be a Super Bowl winning parade. But yeah. I'm up for a parade. We can we can yeah. have a parade. 100%. Speaking of parades, $5 coming in from Elliot D. This will help get us to a Mile High Huddle Parade. Uh, thank you so much. He says, good morning to my favorite podcast for the Broncos News. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Elliot. He says, love listening from Page, Arizona. Keep up the great work. Well, Elliot, we'll do it for you. Um, before, we were kind of questioning, like, should we dial it in? Nope, <laughs> Elliot's here. He depends on us. So, uh, we know we appreciate you, Elliot. Thank you so much for the support. Um, we appreciate you a lot. Mac Dog saying, what's up? It's preseason. Yeah, it's preseason, but it is data to uh, go on. And, Mac, should um, you be in school? Or is it before school? We uh, we said, you know, Mac is coming. He's a, a 13-year-old Bronco fan and makes me nervous. Mac has jumped in with a couple supers. And like, like Chad said, make sure you got permission on that. I don't want to hear from any angry parents. Yeah, no, my Venmo though is no, I'm just kidding. Bama X coming in. I'm saying I think we make the playoffs this year as a wild card with this roster where it's uh, is where it stands now. I don't think we get any further than that. And you've heard me say it on here multiple times. Um, if you have a great quarterback, you just got to get in. And if you get in and you get hot, that's the single elimination tournament. Now, typically, the better teams win, the less fluky uh, results than you see like in college basketball. You know that that kind of like if you're in, anything can happen. Uh, football a lot of times talent overcomes it's the reason that the same teams are in the champ college football championship every year but denver i mean cincinnati was not the best team in the afc last year they no, were but i'll tell you what though the difference though you know you say the quarterback and what what you you look at that it's like most of the teams had good quarterbacks okay yep. what i need also is i need a difference maker on defense mm-hmm. okay so i watched the bills and the chiefs and the the winner of that was based on a ended up being based on a coin flip because nobody could stop anybody yeah. The defenses were gassed. They were they didn't have that guy where the, the Bengals had the defense. The mm-hmm. difference between those three teams was the the rush, the edge rushers, uh, and, and be able to the difference in the Super Bowl guy, a team that won the Super Bowl was I got Aaron Donald that can get a push in there. So if I've got some pretty good depth, if Randy Gregory becomes the edge that I, I we think he become and he's flashed all this potential, if Bradley Chubb can stay healthy, if and you're not going to be a new edge come playoff time with uh, Kyle, I can think of as Barrington Edwards now as a running back at Maryland. Um, it was, it was 56. Baron, Baron, Browning. Baron Browning. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, God, Barrington Edwards is old. He's probably 40 something years old as a running back that I, that, that anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, then you've got, you've got a, uh, you've got a differentiator against the really good quarterbacks that you should see in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I just think there's, if you get in the playoffs, maybe you're not going to be favorited, uh, but this is a team that if you get in, you have a puncher's chance. And last year Mm -hmm. I would take the chiefs over the Bengals, even though the Bengals beat them twice. I think that still the chiefs are a better team bills. I think would have beaten them. Uh, So 
I mean, who knows how it plays out. The, the Bengals get credit for winning those games, but Broncos get in this year. Why couldn't they be the Bengals, you know, where they have one home playoff game and then they go in and win a couple more? You know, that's something that is certainly possible, I think, for this. Or did they have two home playoff games? Regardless. My, my point is I like having the quarterback and yeah. – Oh, you need – you need to be able to rushers. counter punch them as yeah, well. I, yeah. I like having them both. Um, yep. You put either one of those guys, you know, you put one good edge rusher on either Chiefs or Bills, yep. that game doesn't go to overtime. That game's decided yep. in regulation, you know, so it's. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Okay, like you said, I think the quarterback, you need the quarterback to get there. And after that, then there's, you know, everybody's got the quarterback at that point. When everybody's special, yeah, no one is. Yeah, you just hope that yours is a little bit more special in that one game, which can be like that sometimes. Uh, John Sandoval come in and saying, my only concern is the depth on the offensive line. The depth on the offensive line being a concern is a different kind of concern than the depth on the defensive line. Uh, the depth on the offensive line is a concern because injuries do happen and you're going to eventually see some guys like that, but it's not a guarantee. You know, it's not a guarantee this year that we're going to see the backup left tackle for a lot of games because knock on wood, hopefully Garrett Bowles is healthy and you have your offensive lineman playing 100% of the available snaps. Defensive line, you're going to see depth. Like Chris Jones last year, I think played less than or around 60% of the snaps and he's one of the top three interior defensive linemen in football. It's a heavily rotated position. So the Broncos offensive line depth is a concern because obviously not out there destroying it. Uh, but you, you're not a guarantee that you're going to have to dip into the offensive line specifically on any one of the guys. You're going to be dipping into your fourth, fifth defensive lineman every single game, every week. And if it's an injury, it's going to be bumped up even more. So mm -hmm. it's a different kind of concern. And when you're seeing your second string defensive line, get obliterated uh, in the run game against a team that struggled to run the ball last year, uh, you should have some concerns concerns about those guys. And I'm actually not worried about the depth on the defensive line, other than the, on the offensive line, I'm sorry, John, mm -hmm. because we're seeing the depth. Calvin Anderson is that depth. You know, mm -hmm. is Billy Turner supposed to be the starter? We should see him this week. May get, may get a few snaps. We, I, don't, I don't know if we'll see him in the preseason, but you're counting on him being the starter. So Calvin Anderson is a serviceable depth player. Graham Glasgow is a good depth piece. 
Yeah. My concern on the offensive line is, are your starters good enough? Yeah. You know, so if is Lloyd Cushenberry going to be good enough at center? Is Dalton Reisner, is the scheme fit going to elevate his game where he's good enough? That's more of my concern. So otherwise, as far as the depth goes, my biggest concern, again, I'll, I'll echo what Nick just said, and we've, we've said already on here, uh, my biggest concern for depth is the DL is the is the interior defensive line um feel pretty good about the stars we haven't seen them you know we we saw a little bit of Deshaun Williams we haven't seen Draymond we haven't seen DJ uh which which should help which should help a lot but again they're playing at most three out of five snaps so there's going to be some some heavy rotation in there need a little more depth on the DL need that was the conclusion I jumped to after the Bills game Depth on the DL and depth at cornerback. Uh, probably the biggest questions coming out of this game. Um, but I do want to talk some positivity coming in. First, let's say a little bit to a few more people. Bronco 20 morning. Go Broncos. Go Bronco 20. Uh, it's good to see you. Um, Luke Wright's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. T. Martin saying, whenever you're evaluating players and have second and third stringers playing against starters, it's going to look like it did. Yep, early on. But the Bills didn't just once they went into yep, two series. And, and it was uh, only Bills, one with the quarterback. Yep. And the Bills continue to beat on the Broncos um, in the second and third quarter. So, yes, um, it definitely kind of had a snowball effect. Who knows how the game plays if it's, you know, you don't see the starters at all against the Broncos. But, uh, yeah, they did not look super good. Josh Johnson looked uh, poor. Brett Rippon had looked a little better there. Granted, the competition level was harder <laughs> for Josh Johnson. And it's uh, Nathaniel Hackett on the press conference said that they're going to keep pretty much the same order of players going out that they did, meaning to me that Johnson is still the runaway number two. Um, we were not seeing the practice reps as well. So I, neither guy are it. You know, it's uh, Tom Moore coming out. I know there's been a little bit of Broncos malcontent, I guess is the word for the Broncos backup quarterback spot. I don't either. Neither of these guys are it. And in the words of Tom Moore, um, John Gruden in an interview with Tom Moore said, hey, why don't you practice so much reps with the uh, the backup quarterbacks? He's like, if 18 goes down, we're effed. We don't practice effed. <laughs> and uh, that's essentially what it is with the Broncos if Russell Wilson goes down. So I'm not going to worry too much about that. Um if Russell Wilson goes down, it's going to have to be the other pieces around the quarterback position to help them, not the quarterback coming in and being a savior because he's a backup quarterback for God's sake. Um, but uh, let's keep it going here. Some positives on the game, Scott. We haven't had a chance to talk as much. Um, one that I thought stood out, and the Broncos you know, were concerned about the run game and the, the offensive line and whatnot, but night and day difference, in my opinion, when Mike Boone was out there versus the Bills starters at that, you know, the, the mm -hmm. first two series. Um, than when the Broncos other running backs came in, the run blocking was not amazing for him, but he made multiple guys miss. He made a couple plays in the past game. Um, Mike Boone stood out. And then also he had a really pretty good kick return as well. So multiple guys getting kick return opportunities, but uh, hello, Mike Boone, number 26, looking pretty good, looking healthy. I'm excited about that. Yeah. You mentioned special teams, special teams have looked good. Um, Mike Boone, a Mike Boone sighting. I think that's as many snaps as he's had in the last like two years, the legendary Mike Boone. Um, but did he had a nice catch in traffic uh, and then looked explosive cutting up. So look like, okay, a number, a, a decent number three back. Yeah. I'm not sure $2 million, um, you know, per or a five, you know, five year two. Um, another positive, you know, who the highest graded, at least by PFF defender two weeks in a row has been Baron Browning. Now that I can get his name out, yeah. uh, Baron Browning has been the highest graded guy two weeks in a row. He, um, he didn't play a ton of snaps. He only played 13 this time. I feel like, you know, the they're like, okay, we're good. We're good there. But uh, Baron Browning has been a definite positive on this defense for the Denver Broncos and was, again, solid against the Bills. Yeah, he had another good game on uh, getting some pressures out there. Uh, I thought the Broncos, 
Um, a lot of the edge guys looked pretty good. Benito didn't really stand out to me other than the offsides. I thought uh, Kenogbo, I can't remember his name, um, didn't make a big impression on me. But Aaron Patrick, I thought, had some uh, good plays as well and continues to be a special team standout. So uh, keep an eye on Aaron Patrick um, when he makes the roster, being like, you, what, what, they picked this guy over you know, Jonathan Cooper or something? Special teams uh, really matters for that. I want to say hello to Michael Ronquillo. Also come in and good morning, Nick and Scott. Uh, for Broncos for breakfast, let's go Broncos. Good to see you. Um, the other guy I wanted to highlight here that really stood out for me in multiple phases was a uh, one of the picks that again I was harsh on when it happened, but God, he's looking to be actual pretty darn good player. Montreal Washington uh, making plays in the gadget kind of game, making plays in the return game. But the one that really caught my eye, there was a one of the better passes from Josh Johnson in this game over the middle of the field. I think it was third down, and it was in tight coverage, and he got not walloped, but had to make a contested catch over the middle of the field and came down with it cleanly. That's never a guarantee. Uh, for the smaller, diminutive wide receivers, Broncos country probably remembers a few packages with Trenton Holiday out there. If you even like breathed on him, he fell over in the run of the past game. Uh, Trenton Holiday was a track guy, though. He yeah. wasn't a fo- he wasn't a football no. player. He was like an Olympic track guy. Yes, uh, issue with Isaiah McKenzie too. Uh, early on, you know the contested catchability. If Montreal Washington's going to make it in this league, he's going to have to probably be a slot, and that means he's going to have to be able to make some tough catches over the middle of the field. We saw one, and that's a big question for me. So I'm excited to see what more he has. Well, Nick, I feel pretty good about the toughness on anybody that returns punts. Yeah. You know, so he's, he's, I don't quite, I question their sanity. I don't necessarily question their toughness. Now, are his hands? His hands should be good if he's returning punts. His toughness should be good if he's returning punts. But again, until you see it, um, you're not sure. And I was just checking PFF rankings again. They're, they're a nice guide. Uh, The second highest rated player was actually Luke Wattenberg. Hmm. and I at center. So, and what was interesting to me, the most interesting thing on this was his snap count. He played every single snap. He played 66 snaps. So um, I think the question is, is is because Graham Glasgow did get some work with the number ones at center. Hmm. If he was, if there was any shot of him playing center, wouldn't you like to have seen him get a few more live reps or will we see that more in the, um, in the third game while we're not sure that, that Cushenberry's a hundred percent healthy. I don't know if it matters so much because Russell Wilson's not playing. And I think the chemistry between the quarterback and the center there is probably more important. So we're not going to be privy to the information here from where we sit. Um, but if Glasgow's getting a lot of snaps at center as they start to actually simulate game week preparation and i'm sorry on this nick because didn't wattenberg play center at at washington or in the in the game no no this week over the weekend yeah i remember him at center i just assumed they actually have him listed at left guard and glasgow at center with 31 snaps i think so wattenberg played both yeah wattenberg may have bounced back and forth um but i remember watching him at center um but it sounds like he played and they may have just screwed it up completely with 66 snaps if he played all game that is an outlier in uh, in preseason period. Yeah, that's something that uh, we kind of talked about with the uh, offensive linemen in general, right? That's typically what you see uh, right. with the, the offensive linemen. They're playing a majority of the snaps. So while it's good to have depth in the offensive line, it's more of a breaking case of emergency. You will <laughs> see your defensive line depth, period. It's just yes. the nature of the position. So right now, I mean, you're talking about probably – 30 to 40% of the snaps on the table outside of DJ Jones and Draymond Jones that 
God knows who that is and what that looks like. And Nick, eight to 10 defensive backs. Yep. yep. You know, so when we talk about, you can, ne- you can never have enough, enough, you can never have enough defensive backs. When we talk about draft, where do you go? You can never, have, if you can get a talented defensive back, you take one. Um, defensive line isn't quite the numbers, especially in, but you need six, you know, you don't need, you don't need 10, but in a three, four, you're going to need six out there on that are going to be active on your, uh, on your, was it 45 man active roster? Is that how it goes? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's for game uh, days. I'm game days. Not You know, 53 active roster, 45 on game days. Yeah. hundred percent. So we'll see, but yeah, I think I, I'm going to be honest with you. My watching of the game, um, I did not tune in so hard on the offensive line to uh, write down which every single player played every single snap other than right. I saw Gutierrez. I watched Calvin Anderson early is what yes. I was watching. And yeah. I thought he, you know, despite getting some knocks as far as, you know, his play, I thought he was serviceable. I didn't yep. think he was a sieve at right tackle, especially yep. in pass pro. I thought he was, he, uh, he was, he was good enough yeah. that you're, excellent quarterback play and running backs, you know, your starters in the other positions should still have time and space to make plays. Yep. And it was more so the other side of the line of scrimmage, uh, the left tackle. I think it was Quinn Bailey um, who was getting beat pretty hard. AJ Epinesa, Shaq two weeks Lawson, in a row. two weeks in a row. Yeah. Not very good um, out there, but uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully we don't see him this year. Uh, Chris Jenkins, Joe Sherbert better pick things up quickly. Yeah. He looked a little rusty in this game, um, but he, he'll probably play a lot of the next week's games as well, but he'll pick it up. I'm not super worried about him. Um, Josie, Josie Jewell was taking to the podium yesterday talking about, you know, being a vet and bringing things up to speed. It's going to take a little bit of time, but um, I'm not super duper worried about Joe Sherbert, especially uh, we're talking week one here, looking, starting to look ahead, but uh, I think we already have uh, Rashad Penny has an injury for the Seahawks and also uh, Kenneth Walker, I think might have a hernia as well. So the, the Seahawks running game already looking like they might not have much of teeth uh, going into that game. I don't want to totally disrespect an opponent because week one, you know, things are going to be wacky new team for the Broncos, but um, maybe especially week one against the Seahawks week two against the, um, the Texans. Maybe it's a couple good weeks for your deep front seven uh, to kind of get things going and start to work on their angles, timing and physicality. Yeah. And two days in for Schobert after not playing, you know, yeah. working out with your trainer is not the same as, as football speed. So uh, again, I, I think he will pick things up quickly. And if you see him in the preseason week three, uh, the interior line play is better ahead of him. You'll see him be better, but you'll see him mm-hmm. be better regardless. So uh, it's a good comment, Chris. Yeah. Um, and John, sorry, uh, okay. I stepped on. So John says, how did our run game look in practice with our starters? That's what's tough to tell because the running backs, you're really not allowed to go to ground. Um, the linebackers and running backs don't get what you would consider live action until the games, until the preseason games. It's uh, it's not the same as the other places. So it, it is a little bit tougher to tell. You would say the run game has looked okay. It's, it's looked fine, but you can't tell because they're not going to ground. They're not fully tackles and what a defender would call a tackle and a stop. The offensive player would say, well, I broke it and scored. So you're not going to know until a couple games into the season. Yeah. The only real information we have to go on on the run game is the joint practice against the Cowboys. And apparently the Broncos uh, offensive line and uh, Javante Williams specifically looks pretty good. So again, one joint practice, what are we making of it? But uh, we'll see how it plays. Uh, Gary leads Palmer saying, good morning, Nick and Scott Broncos country. Let's ride. Um, uh, 
Good to see you, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for the stars and happy Tuesday to you. Uh, Dr. Van Nordstan saying Baltimore has a solid back quarterback. Yeah, they do. Some teams do. Um, and if the Broncos had a better one, that'd be great, but uh, they don't, and they're not going to find one at this point. So, uh, you know, if number three goes down, so does the ship. Uh, don't hit an iceberg. Um, Jeremy coming in. Jalen Virgil also looked good again. And yeah, I thought Jalen Virgil looked good, but the guy that was most notable notable to me of uh, the Broncos wide receivers, uh, Kendall Hinton had a couple almost catches and whatnot, but uh, Brandon Johnson, the usage of him um, out there getting some of the, I guess, quote unquote, first team reps. Um, but he was really seeming to me in that Tim Patrick mold. And there was a few plays where he's lined up kind of in slot on the strong side of the line and squaring up with the safety and taking that safety or defensive back for a ride or blocking a linebacker. So uh, Brandon Johnson answering the call again, didn't have the standout game as far as the receiving production, but uh, looking like his role is, I, I, I would say right now he's the, the guy most likely to make that uh, final wide receiver spot, assuming Kendall Hinton also makes it uh, rather than Jalen Virgil. Yeah, and then and then who was a practice squad candidate? You know, is Seth Williams been able to keep him around for another year? Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, when you start talking about the cuts of the 53, I would be looking at the Broncos wide receivers if I'm another team. I'm looking at the defensive line over on the Bills and I'm watching the Broncos wide receivers uh, for, for players that I'm interested in bringing in after cut down day next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Todd Smith with the starry night picture coming in saying good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Todd. Uh, we appreciate you coming in. And uh, this is one also, you know, this Broncos aren't playing starters, blah, 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 except guys who needs reps. Albert Okwebanon played a lot of snaps in this game, a lot of snaps. And the last uh, game too. Yeah. And it looks like he needs them. Um, the blocking is still an issue for him. I don't remember any specific play like last week where he was just beat across his face in this game, but there's a few where, not really hanging onto his guy or driving him a couple issues with the angles. Um, we had uh, Nathaniel Hackett talk about it as well. The running game, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, whether they're going the wrong direction or not understanding, understanding where they need to be to create the specific lanes. So again, it's a backup offensive line, but the tight ends are part of that as well. And uh, I thought all of the tight ends in this game kind of struggled a bit on the edge as far as blocking goes. And that includes your two blocking tight end specifically in the likes of uh, Eric Saubert, who had a good touchdown catch and uh, Eric Tomlinson. So definitely worth noting here in Albert Okoyven, I'm getting a lot of snaps. I got a question for you on this one, Scott, if Greg Dulcich was healthy, would Albert Okoyven be making this team? Yes. You think so? Okay. I think so. Um, I, I think so. That's, is Alberto getting played so much? Again, we mentioned how much that uh, Jonathan Harris and McTelvin Ajim played early. It's like this might be, you know, we're going to throw you in the deep end. This is your chance. Yeah. You know, this is this is a tryout period. This is an evaluation period. We want to evaluate you. We're, we haven't made a decision on you yet. It's almost a little scary if you're playing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we haven't quite made a decision. Show us, show us what you've got. Um, not necessarily a, okay, you're learning a new position, Baron, um, go out there and, and, and get some experience. This is, uh, you know, is Alberto into, is he on the hot seat? I don't, I don't think he's on the hot seat. He's definitely on the hot seat for playing time though. You know, I, I think he'll make the team. Um, but how many reps does he end up seeing in real games? If, and when Dulcich becomes healthy, and you know, for next year, I think you're looking. You're if he doesn't step up, I think you're. I, I think you're looking to upgrade. Yeah, 
Yep, absolutely. I I really think if Dulcich was healthy in here, that would be the guy. Doesn't uh, as uh, Jeremy comes in here, doesn't seem like coaches are big Alberto Cuebanom guys. Uh, doesn't seem that way. So uh, we'll see how it plays out uh, this season for him as well. Um, let me see. Any final positive thoughts on this game? It's hard to take away too much from this game um, as far as positivity goes. Again, Mike Boone really stood out. I thought Brandon Johnson, um, again, maybe not the most statistical impact, a big statistical impact game, but I thought he looked good. And uh, Montreal Washington, those are the guys who stood out to me a good bit uh, for the Broncos. Other than that, though, a game that uh, we'll be happy to put behind us and move forward as we inch towards the regular season. And final positive in this one, this is kind of when you're waking up in the morning, you're not kind of, you're sleepwalking a bit, and then you take a cold shower. This game, hopefully for the Broncos, especially in the physicality department, the run game, and the run defense, the front seven, cold shower in the morning. Okay, right. this is this is football. This is what it's going to be like to go where we want to go. We're going to have to match the physicality of these guys. And we got our butts handed to us by their starters, no no doubt, mostly the starters. Um, but we're going to have to be better there. So uh, wake-up call. And uh, speaking of wake-up call. But it wasn't mostly the starters. That's the thing. It wasn't. Yeah. Okay, well. Uh, f- it wasn't a fifth of the game was the starters. <laughs> that's not mostly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But then, but, but that's, by the time... that's 20%. It didn't stop. It didn't matter who is in there. You don't run for 208 yards on 7.7 yards of carry. Yeah. On 10 plays from your off, your starting offensive line. You know, it was, it wasn't it again. And that's why I said it's concerning is the defensive line. All right, we, we already we've already yeah. gone through all the reasons why I was concerned. Yeah. So when you mentioned cold shower, what is something that we have I've heard Broncos country and and y'all say about the about the the previous uh, regime was they deluded themselves into thinking that they were a mediocre quarterback away from contending. Okay, that took a little longer. This was a wake up call saying we're going to need to we're going to need to make some changes on the defensive line. Yeah. And and you you found that out. You probably already knew. But it was quite obvious and it was seen. So, do I expect to see some changes on the defensive line over the course of the next 3 weeks? Yes. Yes, I do. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Well, folks, uh, we're at 50 minutes, so we're going to have to get on out of here. Well, we appreciate you guys so much for joining us today on Tuesday morning. Uh, I'll see you, Scott, and I'll see you again tonight. Um, Carl's out, and Luke had something who's going to really jump in, um, but uh, now gone. So hopefully we'll have some information as far as the Broncos' five new cuts getting from uh, 80 to 75 as we inch closer to that final 53-man roster. Uh, we appreciate everyone joining us today. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And as the ticker says underneath, go to over to YouTube. Please subscribe, like, and share our YouTube channel this episode and uh, hit the bell uh, icon there. So that way, you know, when we go live, Uh, that's probably we're more consistent with our timing going live. uh, But some other shows, sometimes, you know, air bar of... uh, (laughs) plus 15 minutes, I guess I'll say. So that way, you know, you're not just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. You can be doing something. Oh, we got the alert. We're going live. Time to hop on. So make sure you subscribe to us on Facebook and YouTube so you know when we do go live. So, Mark, thanks for the stars coming in and closing us out. Appreciate it. And then uh, we will have some news to analyze when we come back tonight. So it's not just a rehash. We'll be talking about some of the cuts um, and we'll be talking about some of the players who are still 
in jeopardy over the course of the next week because the big ones are coming. You'll go from mm-hmm. 50, you, it's five today, it's 27 in the next seven days. So lots of uh, lots of changes to me. And frankly, after what I just said, what I meant by that is, yeah, change is going to be coming. You're going to have 27 guys. No, no, that's not what I mean. It's going to be more than 27 guys because there's going to be some there's going to be some bodies incoming also on the defensive line. I'm convinced. Yep. Going to have to secondary questions as well now with uh, Oja Moody going down. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us today. We're going to get going. Uh, we'll see you again tonight. Uh, make sure you guys are tuning in then. Until then, choose kindness and choose compassion. As always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com.